Well, amen. Amen and amen. Thank you so much, praise team, for that incredible, incredible time of worship this morning. I tell you, I know that your heart is blessed uh, because my heart is blessed this morning. Take your Bible, if you would, and turn to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. And I want to preach a message entitled, Stuck at the Gate. Stuck at the Gate. When you look at this story in the book of Acts, it is a simple, simple story, yet it is a powerful story. What I love about this story is the way Luke just sort of drops it, how that God Almighty uh, interrupts a normal day. We have just an ordinary afternoon, but something amazing happens. And I want to see it right from God's Word this morning, Acts chapter 3, beginning in verse number 1. The Bible says this. Now listen to this story. I love it. Now Peter and John, they went up together uh, to the temple at the hour of prayer. And that was the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go in the temple, asked for alms, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, listen to this, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received their strength. So he, listen to this, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people that saw him walking and praising God in that area. And then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Let's pray together. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, on this day, we bow before you and we ask you to help us to see the truth today that we need to see. Father, I pray that you would speak to every heart beginning with my heart, Lord Jesus. Lord, I ask this morning, from the bottom of my heart, I ask that you would draw a circle around this preacher and let the fire of heaven fall. And I'll thank you for it. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There are three things that I want you to notice in this passage of Scripture uh, this morning. And they're very simple things. 
First of all, I want you to notice the before. And then, I want you to notice the after. And then we're going to see the after, the after. The before, the after, and the after, the after. When you look at verse 1, it sort of uh, just sort of lays out the scene for us. It says, now Peter and John, they went up together to the temple. When you look at Peter and John, uh, they are mentioned eight times together in the Gospels and in the book of Acts. Eight different times these two men are mentioned together, walking together, ministering together. That is an amazing thing, and let me tell you why. Because they were so different. They were like night and day. Peter was loud. He was outgoing. He was opinionated. Uh, Peter was like the life of the party. Uh, John was quiet. He was contemplative. Uh, he was reflective. Uh, he really was like a wallflower. John Phillips, the, the great theologian of yesteryear, uh, he put it like this. Peter was a doer and John was a dreamer. Peter had his feet on the rock and John had his head in the clouds. They were like night and day. They were so different. But they served King Jesus together. And the Bible says on this afternoon, this normal day, that they walked into, listen, they walked into the temple at the hour of prayer. In that day, they would go at nine in the morning and pray. They would go at noon and pray. And they would go at three in the afternoon. But what I love about this story is that that God, holy God, almighty God, is about to crush the common. He is about to plow through the predictable. He is about to run roughshod over the routine. He is about to break in to every day. Something's about to happen. There's about to be a divine interruption. The Bible says that, that John and Peter, they walk up to the temple at the hour of prayer. And then it says this, at the ninth hour. In other words, at the three o'clock in the afternoon hour. When you look at verse 2, it says this, And then a certain man, lame from his mother's womb. Now here is where we begin to see the before picture. Uh, this man was a beggar. This man was dependent. Uh, this man was lame. Uh, he was absolutely out of options, and he had been out of options for a long, long time. He was helpless, and he was hopeless. The Bible says that, that he had been there and that he was laid daily at the temple gate. Uh, when you look at those two words, laid daily, uh, when I look at that, it was a normal occurrence. The people that went into the temple, uh, they would recognize him. He was there day after day after day. And later in the story, it mentions that he is at least 40 years of age 
or older. And so this had been happening for a long, long time. He was laid at a gate that Luke says was the beautiful gate. The beautiful gate. Uh, someone put it like this, that, that it was an ugly sight at a beautiful gate. And that's what's going on here. They're walking up to the temple just on a normal day. They're walking up to pray. And there's a man there and he is stuck at the gate. He's been there, as I said a moment ago, day after day. Hour after hour. He is stuck at the gate. And notice what it says here in verse 3. He saw Peter and John about to go into the temple and he asked for alms. So here come Peter and John and they're walking into the temple about to go through the gate. And we would put it like this. He would say, hey, can you spare a dime? Hey, can you, can you spare just a little bit of change? So I just want you to, to feel what's going on there and, and try to, to try to understand it through the heart of, of this man. The Bible tells us something amazing. When he, when he says that, when he sees these two men, the Bible says in verse 4, and fixing his eyes on him with John and Peter. Peter and John, they fixed their eyes on this man. I love that. They didn't just glance at this man. The word there means they gazed at him. The word there means that they, they fastened their eyes on him. Uh, with intensity, they stared at him. They strained as they looked at him. They didn't bounce their eyes. No, they, they looked at this man. And then they gave this man a command. And that command was this, look at us. When you look at that in the Greek, look at us, it means this, don't delay. Don't put this off. Give us your full attention and do it now. I believe what they were saying in a, in a roundabout way and maybe not too roundabout is, listen, quit darting your eyes. You see, beggars in that day, they were good at um, reading people. And when they looked at the eyes of people, they could pretty well see uh, who would be interested in giving and who would just sort of walk on by. So, so every day they would just sort of look and quickly dart their eyes. But Peter said, listen, look at us. Give us your full attention. And in verse 5, and he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Can you see the anticipation building? Uh, can you see the eagerness building in his, in his heart and in his life? I tried to look at this story and think about this story. I tried to, to really put myself in his shoes. Every day it was the same thing. You talk about a life that was mundane. You talk about a life that was just going through the paces, just uh, every day the same thing. And, 
and looking at the attitudes of people as they walked by, listening to the words that maybe they said under their breath or maybe even out loud. Can you imagine uh, every day, this is what he was trying to do, every day he was just trying to make it to the next day. And now these two men, listen, they say, look at us. And anticipation builds in his heart. And then it says this, Peter, in verse 6, Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. Uh, can you feel, can you hear the air going out of his balloon? Silver and gold I do not have. Can you feel the, the gut punch? As Peter and John, we would say it like this, they pulled out their pockets on both sides and all they had was lint. Silver and gold we do not have. But there's a word that comes next that ought to bless your blesser this morning. And that word is this, but. But. That is a conjunction that is about to change his life forever. In the early 70s, when I grew up, in the early 70s, there was a program on called Schoolhouse Rock. And I loved that song, Conjunction, Junction, What's Your Function? And they began to talk and sing about and and but and or. And I began to put together what a conjunction was all about. <laughs> and that's what Peter and John are saying. Listen, they look at that man and they say, silver and gold we do not have. But, listen, they were not apologizing. Have you ever thought about that? They were not apologizing at all. Because what they were saying is, we don't have what you want, but we have what you need. Amen. And so here's what they said, silver and gold we do not have, but the conjunction that is about to change his life forever, but, look at this, but what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We're about to go into the after now. We saw the before picture. And now we are moving. Luke is moving us into the after. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the power of Jesus Christ. Do you know that in the name of Jesus that Satan must run for the hills? Did you know in the name of Jesus that demons tremble? That's what they're saying. In the name of Jesus. I love what it says in Philippians chapter 2. Listen to these words beginning in verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. 
and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name. Can you say that with me? And given him the name. Listen one more time. And given him the name, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, of those in heaven and those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. The name of Jesus. In the power of Jesus. Later in this story, Luke lets us know that uh, this is what it was all about. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 10, it says this, Let it be known to you all, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by Him this man stands here before you whole. Don't you love that? He looked and he said, we don't have silver and gold. All we've got is lint in our pocket. But what we do have, we give to you. In the name of in the name of Jesus Christ, this is what he said, rise and walk. You know, that's not an easy, that's not an easy thing sometimes. We had two boys, we have two boys, Timothy, our oldest, and Daniel, uh, our youngest. And we watched them learn how to walk. I mean, if you had children, you have as well. We watched Timothy and we watched Daniel sort of grab a hold of something and wobble, take a few steps and fall. Uh, we watched them get back up and wobble and take a few steps and fall. I've watched two granddaughters do the exact same thing. We've all have had to learn how uh, to walk. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever just been sitting weird and your leg go to sleep? And, and you have to get up in a hurry and try to go somewhere. Hey, listen, that, that's a weird feeling right there. Can you imagine over 40 years and, and you could not feel your legs? I'm 56 years old, and I, I'm telling you right now, when I get up, I sound like Rice Krispies. Snap, crackle, and pop. I do. When I get up, if I've been seated in a certain position very long, I, I have trouble just immediately getting up and walking. This man for 40 years. He's just laid on the ground on a mat for 40 years. Peter and John look and say, rise up and walk. The Bible says in verse 7, and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. I love that. Tony Evans says about that passage, listen to this. Tony Evans said, this man was grabbable. I like that. He was grabbable. In other words, he didn't push Peter's hand away. Peter reached down and lifted him up. And the Word of God says this, and immediately, what does that mean? Right quick and in a hurry. That's what that means. Immediately, at once. Immediately, instantly, on the spot. Immediately, 
His feet and ankle bones received their strength. G. Campbell Morgan, a great preacher of many years ago, said that Dr. Luke is using medical terms here to describe the precision of what's going on in this miracle. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them. Now, mm, don't miss this. Oh, don't miss this. For 40 years, over 40 years, he had never walked, he had never stood. And now because of the power of the name of Jesus, he stands, he leaps, he's praising God, and he's about to head into the temple. You say, what do you mean, preacher? He's no longer stuck at the gate. That's what I mean. He's no longer stuck at the gate. He is having a spell. He is having a time in the name of Jesus. Someone put it like this, and I love it. He asked for alms, and he got legs too. I love that. Hey, listen, it's incredible what took place in this story. In this story, Luke gives us the before. He was defeated, and he was doomed. Uh, he, he had no options at all. But then, because of the name of Jesus, he moves into the after. And his life changed forever. He got the goods. And his life changed forever. And then, don't, don't ever forget this, there is always an after the after. There's a before in your life. If you met Jesus, there is an after in your life. But then there's always an after the after. You say, Brother T, what do you mean? It's how people look at you and how they notice the difference in your life. Look at, look at what the Bible says here in verse 9. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. They saw a difference in his life. And I'm telling you, when Jesus uh, changes you, there will be a difference in your life. And, and immediately they began to, to notice something's different in verse 10. And they knew that it was he who sat begging at the beautiful gate of the temple. And look at this. They were filled with wonder and amazement. What do those words mean? They were alarmed. They were astonished. This blew their mind. They, they, here's, what it, here's what it means. They were rubbing their eyes. They were absolutely in shock because of the difference in this man's life. They were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now, I believe with all of my heart that as we're looking uh, at this passage of Scripture, I believe with all of my heart that uh, the author, the writer, Luke, is letting us know that this was not just something physical. Because as the description of all of this goes on, 
In chapter 4 and verse 12, he continues with these words. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. He had already just said in verse 10 of chapter 4 that this man was raised because of the power of the name of Jesus. And then he goes on and says, listen, there's no other name except for that name in which you can be saved. You see, not only was this man um, lame, but we, before Christ, we were broken down as well. No, not, not only was this man bankrupt, but before you met Jesus, you were spiritually bankrupt. Not only was this man separated, there's no way that he could go into the temple. Uh, we were separated from a holy God. But then all of a sudden, because of the power of that name, the name of Jesus, our lives change. Years ago, I was doing a revival in Arkansas. Uh, to be honest with you, right now, I could not tell you where I was in Arkansas. Um, Leslie could not go with me on that revival because her mother had uh, just had surgery and she was staying with her mother. Laz, who usually goes with me on uh, revivals, he didn't travel with me that time. And so I'll never forget that trip. Usually someone is always with me. Uh, but I, I drove out to Arkansas all by myself. And I'm telling you, uh, that week from Sunday till Friday, it, I was so bored. It was the most boring thing I've ever been a part of. Uh, I'm not kidding. I would go and have lunch uh, with some people from the church. That was exciting. Then I'd come back to the hotel, and, and then I would go preach, and, 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 and I cannot describe to you how normal the days were and how ordinary uh, the days were. But I'm telling you, in that church, when I had the opportunity to stand and open the Word of God, I'm telling you, at the altar time, heaven fell. Heaven fell. And out there in the middle of Arkansas, we saw men give their hearts to Christ. And we saw marriages uh, come back together. And, and people who had been walking far from God, they came back at, at the altar. And, and each and every time we had an invitation, God moved. You say, preacher, what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is this. Out there in the middle of Arkansas many years ago, God interrupted the common. God broke through the everyday, and lives were changed. Right there where you are. Maybe you're in your den. Maybe you're in your living room. I, I don't know where you're watching this. Uh, maybe you're watching it on a Sunday, or maybe uh, you have tuned into this thing and pulled it up on another day. Maybe it's just a very common, ordinary day for you. 
but the Holy Ghost of the living God has grabbed a hold of your heart and you have been grabbable. And through the power of the name of Jesus, you have realized that you are spiritually bankrupt, that you are spiritually separated from God, and you need to have an after your before. Maybe that's where you are today. The Bible says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says in Romans 6.23 that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible says in Romans 5.8 that God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In Romans 10.13 that whosoever shall call upon the name of of the Lord, listen to this, shall be saved. Maybe right now, spiritually, you are stuck at the gate. But the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart. Today, why don't you make the greatest decision that you have ever made in your life and ask Jesus Christ to be your Savior. Because I promise you, your before will turn into an after. And then your after will have an after. Because people will see the change in your heart. Let's pray together. Our Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I, I just bow before you and I thank you for your word. And God, I pray right now, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would speak through your word that is alive and powerful. And dear God, spiritually, if there's anyone uh, this morning stuck at the gate, I pray that they would say yes to you as you are reaching out to them. We love you. You are our God, and there is no other. Bless now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me say one more time. Happy Memorial Day weekend to you. And uh, after you watch this, share this with your friends. And until next time, may God richly bless you. Woo! When I say, when you say bud, yeah. <laughs> Conjunction, junction. I don't really remember that. I, I figured you guys wouldn't.